Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Well, I want to welcome you to Easter at Soul City Church, wherever it is that you may be watching. We thought that maybe if we can't all be outside, we could at least be in a beautiful setting like this to celebrate this incredibly important day. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City Church. And again, for anyone who is watching this, who's kind of new to our church, maybe you've never heard of us before, or a friend invited you to watch this weekend, we are so, so glad that you are with us. You know, this Easter is historic. It is undoubtedly unlike any Easter you have ever experienced before, and the likes of which hopefully you will never have to experience again. And while Easter is decidedly different this year, I want to encourage you with something, that the message of Easter actually remains the same, that there is a God who created you, who knows you, who loves you, and that this God sent his son Jesus to come as your ways, my ways, our way, that Jesus' life and death and resurrection is our way to a relationship with God. And it's a way to live the life that we're actually meant to live. That we're actually ourselves to die to ourselves, to our old ways, our old life, and be raised into new life with God. So while everything seems to have changed this Easter, the good news of Easter has not changed. And that's the good news that I think all of us need now more than ever. You know, one of the things that has definitely changed this Easter are the traditions that we love around this time of year. So many fun traditions. In fact, what I'd love for you to do on whatever platform you're watching this on, if you're watching on Insta or Facebook or on our live stream, just put in the comment section, what are some of your favorite things to do or some of your favorite traditions around this time of year? Or even better, just turn to the actual human people sitting next to you if they're there and let them know some of your favorite things around this time of year. I I know one of mine is actually Peeps. Peeps are something that only come out around this time of year. And we actually, as a family, last week made peep s'mores, which literally leveled up our lives. So delicious. Another one is Cadbury eggs. Does anyone even like Cadbury eggs? Do they even, I don't even know if they make Cadbury eggs anymore. If not, that's actually a gift to humanity that those things don't exist anymore. Of course, there's always the, the cute Easter outfits that come out this time of year. All the little bonnets, little bow ties. You finally get to wear white. But of course, one of the biggest traditions that has changed definitely this year is the Easter egg hunt. The Easter egg hunt is a big deal around our family. And Gene and I have been pastors for as long as we've invited our kids into our family. So we're usually working on Easter Sunday. So we go all out with the Easter egg hunt on Saturday. And sometimes we'll do it outside or depending on the weather, sometimes we'll do it inside. But listen, the egg hiding thing, that's my job. And I, I like to do my job well. And so what we do with our kids is we actually have two of the eggs that they're looking for are actually money eggs. So there's candy and all the other eggs, but two of the eggs are money eggs. Does anyone else do the money egg? And when you find the money egg, oh man, you are in business. It is going to be a good, good Easter for you. Now, one of the keys to the Easter egg hunt, as you all know, is you got to know what it is that you're actually looking for, especially when it comes to the money egg, right? And I suppose the same is actually true when it comes to Easter itself, especially this Easter. It, it brings us to an important question that I just want us to take the next couple moments considering this Easter. Here's what I want you to think about. What do you do when what you're looking at isn't what you're actually looking for? 
What do you do when what you're looking at isn't what you are looking for in life? See, I believe that we're all looking for hope, but it's hard to see hope when all you're looking at is a world in chaos. I believe that we're all looking for life, real life, but it's hard to see that when all you're looking at is a life-threatening virus. I think we're all looking for toilet paper, but all we seem to find and look at is empty shelves. You get the idea of the metaphor here? It's hard to see what you're looking for with whatever it is that you're actually looking at. So the question I want you to consider this Easter is simply this. What, what are you looking for this Easter? What are you looking for? Now, to understand the significance of the Easter message, you have to understand what those first followers of Jesus were actually looking at. See, the three years leading up to the cross had been the adventure of a lifetime for them. Together with Jesus, they had seen powerful miracles. They had heard transformational teaching. They'd like, witnessed the world change around them. They'd witnessed their own lives change. Everything, honestly, in their lives was kind of up and to the right with Jesus until that final fateful day. Their rabbi, their leader, their friend had been arrested on trumped up charges, sold out by one of their own. His body beaten, broken, publicly mocked and ultimately hung on a cross to die. And then their savior was gone. Their hope was was lost. Their friend was dead. And so they instituted, after the cross, sort of their own shelter at home, which is just another way of saying they hid. They saw what had happened to Jesus, and in fear and despair, they decided to hole up and hide out with no plan or idea of actually what was to come next. But on that first Easter Sunday, that first Easter Sunday morning, there were a few who actually broke rank and broke out of their self-induced quarantine. It was actually the women, the ones who had followed Jesus all the way through, all the way through the cross, that decided to go and actually finish the work of embalming his body. That means preparing his dead body to stay dead. So here's what I want you to do. I actually want you to grab a Bible and open to John chapter 20. Go ahead and grab a Bible and open to John chapter 20, or open it up in a separate tab, or on your phone, or an actual physical Bible would be great too. Open to John chapter 20, and we're going to look at that very first witness of that very first Easter Sunday morning. Now again, this is the third day after Jesus is dead and gone. And this is what it says in John 20, verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one that Jesus loved, and said, listen to what she says, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So you get the scene, right? These women show up to finish embalming Jesus. And what is it that they actually end up looking at? They're looking at an empty tomb. They're looking at someone conceivably stealing the body of Jesus. God only knows why they would do something like that. It could have been grave robbers. It could have been the religious leaders of Jesus' day or the Roman officials attempting to discredit and defuse this religious uprising. Who knows? But they, they panic based on what they are looking at. 
and they run to go get a few of Jesus' followers to see for themselves. And they come actually back with the women to the empty tomb and they see that he's gone and they leave even more depressed and more defeated because for them, it truly is over. But Mary stayed. And I want you to look at what happens next in her story. It's actually found down in verse 11. So jump down to John 20, verse 11. This is what it says. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, understandably so. And as she wept, she bent over to look inside the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? And look at what she says. Well, they've taken my Lord away. See, that's all she could see. That's all she was looking at. And I don't even know where they have put him. First of all, I, <laughs> you have to understand the story. What is going on here? Mary is actually speaking to two angels. But because she's so distraught and she's in so much grief that she doesn't even realize what she's looking at or who it is that she's actually talking to. She is so stuck in what she's looking at, this empty tomb, the body of Jesus actually gone, that she doesn't even realize that she is now one of a handful of people throughout the Bible and throughout human history that have actually spoken with angels. She's talking to angels and she doesn't even realize it because of what she's looking at. And then it says this in verse 14. At this, you know, the part where she's been talking to angels, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there right outside the entrance. But it says she didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Did you see that? Look, so she goes from talking to two angels and then she turns around and bumps into Jesus but doesn't recognize who it is. You know, a couple summers ago after our family had taken our summer family break, I were back at our first weekend back at Soul City and I bumped into someone at the lobby and you know, wanted to know who they were and how they'd heard about Soul City. And they'd been coming for a couple of weeks at this point. And so I asked them, oh, well, what do you think of Soul City Church? They said, oh, I love this church. I love the music. I love the people. And then she said, I haven't met the pastors yet, but I heard they're really nice. I said, yeah, they're, they're all right. They're all right. She didn't know who I was. She'd never been introduced to me. Now, I'm not saying that I'm anything like Jesus in this story, but Mary bumped into Jesus himself and didn't even recognize him as such. See, this is why it's so easy to miss what you're looking for when all you can see is just what you're looking at. And the story actually gets better. Let's keep reading. And in a moment, I'm actually gonna have you shout out a word. So be ready, all right? You're gonna read the next word. We're gonna shout it out together. This is what happens. Jesus, he, Jesus, asked her, woman, why are you crying? This is the same thing the angels had just asked her. Why is it that you are crying? And he says, who is it that you were looking? What's the next word? Who is it that you're looking for? See, there it is. Who is it that you are looking for? Now, I love this. Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, sir, sir, thinking he's the handyman out of the groundskeeper, I don't know. Sir, she said, if you've carried him away, just tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. Look at her desperation. Just tell me where you've put him and I'll go get that body. I'll get his corpse. I'll bring it back over here. That is desperation. Again, she doesn't even know what it is that she's looking for because all she can see is what she's looking at. See, this is so good. And I just want to say something. That Jesus isn't being dismissive of her right here in this moment. He's not being dismissive of her emotions. He's actually asking the right question for what has happened here. 
Why are you crying? Why are you grieving? Don't you remember who it is that you follow? Don't you remember who it is that you, Mary, anointed with your own tears not long ago? Don't you remember what I said, that I would defeat death, that I would make a way for real life? Don't you remember who you've been searching for your whole entire life? See, this is so important, especially for the days that we are living in this Easter, at a time when there is so much fear and so much uncertainty and so much bad news. It can be hard to see God. It can be hard to see Jesus in the midst of it. But listen, listen, don't let bad news blind you from the good news this Easter. Don't let all the bad news that surrounds us, all the bad news that invades our lives, don't let bad news blind you from the good news of Easter. Don't let headlines and heartache and hopelessness, don't let bad news keep you from seeing the good news of Easter the good news of a resurrected Jesus. Now more than ever, we need that kind of good news. I need it. And I know you do too. So back to the story. Finally, Jesus breaks through all that she was looking at with what she most needed to hear. So he breaks through what she was looking at with what she most needed to hear. This is verse 16. Jesus said to her, now listen to this. Jesus said just this, Mary. He just called out her name, Mary. And she turned toward him, recognizing him in a moment and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means rabbi, my teacher, my leader. She finally saw who it was that she was looking for. And all Jesus did was simply speak her name, Mary. And upon hearing him speak her name, she could finally see past what she was looking at to the one that she was truly looking for. She saw past hopelessness and saw hope. She saw past panic and saw peace. She actually was able to see past death to see life. She saw who she was ultimately looking for when she heard him speak her name. That is the hope of Easter, the hope that I believe all of us are looking for, the hope that you can actually find today in Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I desperately need that kind of hope this Easter. Because when I look around our world right now, it is so easy for me, and maybe you can relate, it's so easy to be blinded by bad news. It's so easy to only see pain and loss and despair and death. That seems to be all we're looking at these days. Just over the last week of me working on this message for us to be together like this, this Sunday, the death toll in our country has risen significantly in the last seven days. The racial inequity of those who are infected and those who are affected with this virus is being revealed in our own city and in cities around our country. We're actually walking through our own sets of loss and grief personally. And that's just this last week. And I know that you have your own stories of loss and despair to share as well. All of us do during this time. And it's so easy to actually feel lost and to only actually see loss when that's all that's going on 
around you. And that's all that you are actually looking at. But I know, I know that you, that each of us is looking for more. We're all searching for life, for real life. And that's the good news of Easter, that there is life to be found this Easter. In fact, it's actually already here in Jesus. And it can be yours if you're looking for it. All you need to do is open your eyes past what's right in front of you to find the one who's been calling you by name your whole life. He's here now. In fact, the truth is he's been here all along. If you would just have eyes to see the life that's been made available to you in Jesus, the promise of Easter, that there actually is hope for those who feel hopeless. There is peace for those who feel overwhelmed. There is forgiveness and freedom for those who have made a mess of their lives. There is life beyond life as you know it and life beyond even death itself. And it's found in Jesus, the one who gave his life for yours, the one who made a way for you to be in relationship with God, the one who showed us how to die to ourselves, how to die to our own ways, our old life, so that we can be raised into a new life with him. You know, I got a glimpse of what it means to to hear the one who's been calling your name your whole life, to hear the one who's been with you all along. And it actually came through a friend who's a part of Soul City, through a DM that she got, through someone that she's never even met before. She had seen some of the posts that this friend of ours was posting about Soul City Church. And and this is what the DM said. She said, listen, I was raised Catholic, but have been agnostic at best for the last 15 years. But there's something about your energy and the energy and the content of Soul City Church that they've been sharing online that's really grabbed me. She goes on to say that I'm actually watching the daily Insta Live prayer times and I'm going back through to watch older sermons. And honestly, I can't even explain what's happening right now. I'm almost confused by how drawn to this I am because I typically and still feel really uncomfortable with a lot of talk about Jesus and God. And yet she wrote, something about this feels right. I have a lot to sort through and figure out, but while I do that, I wanted to thank you for opening this door for me. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what it looks like when someone recognizes that Jesus is calling their name, calling them by name, that new life is actually available to them. Listen, this is what I don't want you to miss this Easter. The one who conquered the grave calls you by name. He knows you. He loves you. And he's made a way for you. So are you willing this Easter to see past all that you are looking at in our world right now and to find the one that you ultimately have always been looking for? And would you be willing this Easter to call out his name, to say, Jesus, Jesus, I say yes to you, Jesus, and to begin a relationship with him, to start a brand new relationship with him, or to begin again, to come back home to Jesus this Easter. 
Listen, new life has been made possible. It's been made available to you through Jesus. And all you need to do right now is just simply call out his name. And so what I'd love to do is pray for you. I'd love to encourage you to pray with me. In fact, I wanna encourage you, those of you who've already said yes to Jesus at some point, I want you to pray for everyone watching online right now. Pray for everyone listening to this message. But if you wanna say yes to Jesus this Easter, yes to the life that he's made available to you through his life and his death and his resurrection, then I'm gonna actually ask you to close your eyes right now and to pray with me. I wanna ask you to close your eyes right now and to pray with me. So if you wanna begin a relationship with Jesus, close your eyes right now. If you wanna begin again with Jesus, close your eyes and just simply pray this. Say, Jesus, I'm calling out to you. You made a way for me. I confess that I've made a mess of my life. And today I'm choosing you. And today I'm choosing your way. Thank you for giving your life for mine. Thank you for making a way for me. Now I'm choosing to live the life that you've invited me into. Today, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you. In your name, amen. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful invitation. What a beautiful and powerful name. You know that for those of you who just prayed that prayer, everything has changed. Everything has changed. Just simply by you calling out that beautiful, powerful, wonderful name of Jesus. And we just want to take a moment to celebrate the reality of that name, Jesus, and to celebrate the reality of what God has done in your life today. So I want to encourage you to join me as we worship and sing and declare that beautiful name of Jesus together.